Hi, guys. I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. And we are here recording episode 51. I don't know. I think it's episode 52. Hopefully, everybody's doing well today. We are here recording on a Saturday afternoon, I think it is. Oh, yeah. I went to brunch. I went to squad brunch. Maddie went to brunch, which brunch for Maddie is her and her friends going to like a greasy spoon breakfast place. Uh, Mm. And I tried to tell her that that's not really brunch, but... (laughs) It's fine. Squad brunch. Hopefully all of our Patreons got their buttons. We are still planning on sending them out to any Patreons that join this month. Go get your buttons. Yeah, so they're like little lost in the wood buttons. Uh, You can put them on a backpack. You could put it on your jean jacket. You could put it on your um, lanyard. I don't know where else we're. I don't know. Really, you can put it anywhere. You can sneak it onto the back of somebody's coat that you know just for fun. I mean, whatever. I'm going to spread the word. <laughs> but put it on all your stuff. We sent out all of our current ones. And so anybody else who signs up will be sending them out as well. Just become a Patreon. Dude, it's worth it. It's worth, it's worth it. it. It's worth it. Today, we are bringing you the story of two backpackers who are attacked at Salt Creek. 23-year-old Lena from Germany, and Beatrice, who is 23 and from Brazil. So for Beatrice, this would be her first solo trip that she would be taking. She actually met a beau online who was from Australia, and after a week of talking to him, decided to go meet up with him, and that's how she ended up in Adelaide. So each one of these girls traveled separately to Australia. Lena on her gap year. Right. For those of you who don't know, here in the States is the year between high school and college? Yes, basically. Or whatever you guys call the equivalent of that. We don't really have, like, gap years here. Nah, if you take a gap year, you're never going back to school. Although it's a good idea. I feel like that should be a thing. So Lena's on her gap year, and Beatrice is on a 20-day Australian holiday, which, like we said... She's going to meet up with a boy. The girls each plan to head from Adelaide to the Great Ocean Road. And the Great Ocean Road is somewhat of a tourist attraction in Victoria. And it spans the lower part of the state running 243 kilometers or 151 miles along the coastline. Maddie and I have actually talked about this road before. It's famous for beautiful scenic hikes and beautiful beaches big waves, all the fun things that you want to see in Australia. Mm -hmm. So two of the bigger attractions along this road are Bell's Beach and the Twelve Apostles. Bell's Beach is a famous surfing beach. It's also famous for the Easter Surfing Classic, also called the Rip Curl Pro. Sounds like a good time. This is the longest running competitive surfing event and a stop on the World Surf League Championship Tour. I would go there. I would say yes. I Uh, know nothing about surfing. (laughs) Bells is also where the 50-year storm seen in Point Break is set. The movie Point Break. It has Keanu Reeves in it. Patrick Swayze. No. Matt is just shaking her head. No, it's a real movie. I wish I uh, knew what you're talking about. Someone will get it, though. Okay, so the 12 Apostles are these famous rock formations made out of limestone stacks that stand tall just offshore of Port Campbell's National Park. Which are really pretty. So the girls meet at a hostel in Adelaide where 
they share their intended plans with each other. And realizing that they had similar plans, they decide to team up and travel together from Adelaide to the Great Ocean Road. Yeah, because traveling together is safer. Yeah, they're two young women. They figure it'll be safer. They'll have fun together. They get along. Seems like a good idea. The only problem was they had no way to get there because neither of them had a car to make the journey. So Beatrice posted on Gumtree looking for someone heading that way to catch a lift. What year is this in, sorry? When did this happen? 2016. It's common still in Australia. Okay, it's common? Okay, yeah. all right. I just can't remember. It. I, all the countries are getting foggy in my brain of where I can hitchhike and where I can't hitchhike. Nowhere. And it's, Nowhere can you hitchhike. That is the correct answer here. Okay, thank That you. is what it is, but like... You do not hitchhike in the United States. Like, it, you shouldn't. You do not really see hitchhikers ever in No, because States. it is yeah. not something or anything like that. You wouldn't. It's actually illegal in most places. Side note, I actually had never heard of Gumtree before. But from what I can gather, it's kind of like Craigslist here, which is basically just like a place where you can post ads, where you can post groups, where you can ask for handymen, like things like that. It's that kind of site. Yeah, Craigslist. It's like Craigslist. So their ad on Gumtree reads as follows, and I can't with this. Hey, I'm a 23-year-old Brazilian looking for someone to travel from Adelaide to Melbourne on 9th to 11th. I am flexible and can change my plans a bit. So let me know if you're interested. Cheers. And then she left her contact info. I I understand that posting her age and that she's Brazilian would probably get her more Yeah, but more chatter. for the wrong reason, I think. Exactly. So if it was me, I would not have mentioned that I was a Brazilian or that I was 23. But she doesn't actually say that she's a female, but her name is obviously attached to it, so... Yeah, definitely would have posted that more anonymously. Maybe not anonymously, I don't know. Hey, I'm a tourist, I'm looking to travel along the shoreline, I need a ride. However, if I had posted my ad like that, or if she had posted her ad like that, they might not have gotten any responses at all. So Beatrice received... Two replies. One of the men offering a lift was quite insistent and messaged her several times to see if she wanted a lift. She kind of got bad vibes from him. Yeah. Needless to say, the girls took up the other offer, which was from a young guy their age. Mm -hmm. But this ended up falling through because he had car trouble and he could no longer take them. Wanting to keep their plans, Beatrice messaged and accepted the first offer. Instincts. Follow your instincts. Well, and he was kind of like almost rude about it. Like, why aren't you responding to me? Why won't you just tell me if you need a ride? Like, when she didn't answer him right away because she was trying to set up the ride with the other mm -hmm. person. Yeah, just trust your gut. Please don't ever do that. Red flag, red flag. So on Tuesday, February 9, they met up with Roman who is the name of the man that they are getting a ride from, okay. in Adelaide, and they headed out. So Roman Hines was not exactly what they had imagined. Firstly, yeah. he was a lot older. At 60 years, Ronan had been married twice and had five kids. Yep. Okay, so Hines was born in West Germany and was the youngest of three boys. His family came to Australia in 1959 
He was imposing, very tall, standing at 198 centimeters. Right, which is 6'6". That's pretty tall. Yeah. He was also balding. (laughs) Not sure if that's relevant, but it's true. Paints you a picture. (laughs) So he was older than he had led them to believe. He was also sporting a distinctive handlebar mustache, which is kind of Ivan Milat-ish. He was the serial killer of the backpacker murders. He had the handlebar mustache. Nothing ever good comes of that. I know. A lot of our firefighters here have handlebar mustaches for some reason. I don't know why. I Can't find get them, behind it. Yeah, I find them very strange. I'm not a huge mustache fan in general myself, though. I prefer, like, all facial hair or, like, no facial hair. Mm, I can get with it sometimes. The mustache? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, to each their own, but the handlebar mustache is definitely... Definitely not it. Distinctive, yeah. If traveling on their own, the girls may not have even gotten into the car alone with him, but they felt safer because there was two of them. No. Never, ever, ever think that. Safety in numbers? No. No. False. Also, don't ever think you can take someone because chances are they have a plan of how to get you so you can't defend yourself. So, Especially because they've been planning and thinking about it where... Yeah. Yeah. So the journey began fine. There's some footage that was filmed on the girls' phone, as well as a few touristy photos taken along the way. Some even include Roman's four-wheel drive vehicle. Uh. So he seemed to be putting the girls at ease by stopping along the way for them to take pictures and even mentioned, I know you guys are tourists and you want to see places. So he was accommodating in Mm -hmm. stopping. He was otherwise pretty quiet while driving. There's actually a video of him driving, and I'll see if I can find it to post it for you guys. So this video is taken from Beatrice's phone, and it starts off with him driving, and then it kind of pans to herself in, like, selfie style, and she does this, like, smile grimace into the camera, like, like, uncomfortable, like, Mm -hmm. I'm smiling, but I'm kind of, like, freaked out, too. And as she pans, you can see Lena in the backseat, and she's reading a book. It's very unnerving to watch. Oh, I bet. There's also pictures of the vehicle, which is, like I said, a four-wheel drive. Go look at her Instagram so you can paint this picture that's being explained to you. Right. So the car has these roof racks on top. And it has one of those, the snorkel for mudding. It also has a pull bar or a rhubar, as they call it in Australia, And it's on the front of the vehicle, and this prevents damage to the vehicle and yourself if you hit a kangaroo. Mm, Yeah. Get it? Rhubar? If we have something like that here, it's for deer. But I guess it's really common to hit kangaroos kangaroos in Australia. I would imagine that it's somewhat similar to hitting a deer. Yeah. Like, impact-wise, like... Yeah, that's what I would think Or do you think a kangaroo would be more damaging to your car? I would think a deer would be more damaging because of their hoofs, but I don't know. I've hit a deer. It's... Very dramatic. Or like antlers. Yeah, so antlers, hooves, I mean. But I feel like a kangaroo is pretty thick. I bet they weigh about the same. Interesting. I feel like a kangaroo would beat the crap out of me after I hit it with my car. Okay, so the three made their way southeast from Adelaide to Salt Creek, where Hines decided they would stop and camp that night. Right, and this isn't that far along their journey. So... The girls initially, I think, are kind of uncomfortable with this. They don't 
understand why he's choosing this campsite. But what they don't know is that he actually already had plans to camp at this campsite with his girlfriend, who ended up breaking up with him after he became physically abusive with her about a month prior. They had been dating for about six months, and she says that she woke up to him tying one of her hands to the bedpost. And this led to a vicious attack, including him screaming at her and biting her. She actually didn't report this to the police because she was terrified, but she did take pictures, and I will say they are pretty bad. So from Adelaide, Salt Creek is only about two and a half hours. So That's not far at all. It's not far at all, exactly. They only traveled 209 kilometers. Which is about 130 miles, so that's the two and a half hours. Yeah, not that far. Two and a half hours. Mm, Red flag. Red flag. Hines chooses the campsite in the sand dunes. Red flag. At Salt Creek. Salt Creek is a quiet, isolated, and not a notable tourist location compared to some of the other stops that would be along this drive. Okay, all right. And he's a local, so maybe he's like, well, there's this peaceful, not busy, less crowded campsite. I don't know, not some random 60-year-old man. No, thank you. Oh, God. Okay. So Salt Creek is a very small town, and in 2016, there were only about 29 permanent residents there. It is known to be a great fishing spot. However, the group was not fishing. And the girls were confused why he was so adamant about choosing this site, this spot, this campsite. So another red flag, he's adamant about staying at this isolated campsite. So the girls actually did talk about their unease as they wandered away from the campsite, but I think they felt like they just couldn't say no at this point. And remember, they're actually kind of isolated and vulnerable at this stage right now. Don't be afraid to be mean. Trust your gut. Yeah. And you guys, he had a very extensive setup prepared. So if you look at pictures of this setup, it's crazy. So he has two tents. He's got lawn chairs. He's got tables. He's got cooking stuff. I mean, he. it looks like a campsite that you would be staying at for a week. Yeah. Not for one night. I don't know. You'll have to look at the pictures. It's very concerning. So after setting up camp, Lena was quite tired and left Beatrice and Heinz to set up the stove so they were going to start dinner, and she headed to the vehicle for a little rest. I'm not sure why she went to the car to rest instead of the tent. So I think that that's a little strange, but maybe she was just really tired, so she was thinking quiet. they're going to be talking, right? It might be more quiet in the car. It was at this point that Heinz pointed out some roof tracks, so footprints. He claimed they were from some kangaroos and would be nearby and basically talks Beatrice into leaving the campsite so they can go find the kangaroo. What she didn't know is that he had a knife, a hammer, and a rope on him. I don't like that. A couple things about this, because I have a feeling that a lot of you out there are like, what are you doing? But when you're traveling with somebody, you almost have like this false sense of security or this false sense of relationship. Like you know them better than you do because you are spending intimate time with them, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Would I have left the campsite with him? 
No. Would have I even gotten in the car with him? No. 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 So many things I would not have done here, but we have to remember, this is two young girls, one of which has never really traveled. So this is the one, Beatrice is the one that hasn't really done any kind of traveling. Yeah. I would recommend not doing these these things. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and say this is like a um, guidebook. Of what not to do when traveling, especially in a foreign country that you don't live in. I know. But anywhere, I would recommend no. Okay, so when the pair were a little ways from the campsite, Beatrice began to feel uneasy and tried to turn back so they might return to the campsite. Suddenly, she felt a firm push on her back and fell into the sand. At first, she was a little surprised, thinking it might have been a joke. But she didn't get it if it was. And uh, newsflash, this was not a joke. Beatrice had fallen face down into the sand and Heinz was now on top of her. I literally cannot... I mean, she's probably initially so confused and blindsided Uh that it gives him quite an advantage over her. Oh, yeah. 100%. He had a rope and was trying to bind her hands. Suddenly, the severity of the situation begins to kick in for Beatrice and she grabs the rope and throws it across the sand. Hein reached back and pulled out a large knife from behind him and placed it on the sand above Beatrice's head. If you make this difficult, he said, I will break your arm. And then he cut off her bathing suit. Uh, Beatrice says that he spat on her in an attempt to subdue her and that the assault was solely in pursuit of gratification of your own perverted sexual fantasies and desires. And one thing that she did say is that he licked her, which for some reason grosses me the fuck out. Agitating him further was not going to help our situation, so she switches tactics. And instead of fighting, she convinces him that he didn't need to do this, not this way, and that if they could just go back to the campsite, they could have a drink, hang out in the tent, and he didn't need to force anything. Mm -hmm. So she's trying to convince him that she would be a willing participant in this assault, basically. Which is smart of her to do. Which is actually really smart. I feel like most of the like you either have to fight or you have to play in. And you reading that situation is just... Well, I think a lot of people would struggle to really read that situation because of the fear and adrenaline. It would be hard to determine what the right thing would be to do. But this kind of worked. They got up and they began to walk back to the campsite. But as they grew closer to camp and Beatrice started to feel closer to safety, he suddenly changed direction. He had changed his mind. She thought she had one chance and she yelled, for Lena. And when she did so, Heinz threw her to the ground. And by the way, she's still partially tied up right now. Mm-hmm. And she's also completely naked. Yeah. So through the wind howling and the waves crashing, Lena was stirred by the scream. So she got out of the car and went down the beach to the left where the scream had come from. She saw Beatrice naked in the sand with Heinz standing above her. Lena thought that this couldn't be true. But after the shock, she got really angry. Like, who does he think he is? He can't do this. So basically, she shouted 
at him to leave her alone, which I think is super cool. Good job, Lena. Good job, like doing something. So after she yells at Heinz to leave Beatrice alone, he turns to Lena and says, I just wanted to try her. Mm. Disgusting. Gross, gross, gross. Roman, you're disgusting. While he was turned from Beatrice, she noticed that he had a long handle tucked into his belt and she thought it looked like an axe or a hammer. She screamed, Lena, run, he's got an axe. His attention, though, is now turned to Lena and he runs at her. She is running back towards the car where her bag and her phone are. She opens the car door to get her bag and phone and make a run for it. And he comes up behind her and strikes her in the head with the hammer. Nope. At this point, she thinks, he's going to bury me in the sand. And he struck her again. Hines' intentions were now clear to both girls. They realized that he's totally insane and that he wants to kill them. So she tried to get away and was struck two more times before making a break for it. Little did the girls know their fight for survival would go on for hours. So Lena is now bleeding from four hammer strikes to her head. Her first thought is that she needs to find Beatrice. Heinz, being older and surely not able to catch up with her, jumps into his four-wheel drive vehicle. That seems very unfair. Yeah, well, how rude. Way to not make this even. But Lena does reach Beatrice on the beach and unties her. At this point, the girls decide that their best chance for survival is to split up. Beatrice went left into the sand dunes, and Lena continued along the beach. Beatrice is naked and terrified and hides in the bushes dotting the sand dunes. Lena, however, was in full view of the vehicle and had no place to hide along the isolated beach. So she ran, turning left and right and running all over the place, trying to make it difficult for Heinz to follow her in his vehicle. And remember, she is bleeding from her head right now. She should have ran into the water. Oh, but then what? He could just sit on the shore and wait for her. I don't know, just swim way out there. Take your chances with the sharks. She ran for nearly a kilometer with Heinz on her tail, over the dunes and around small bushes which the bushes look like they're about mid-calf height. So they're not, you're not hiding in these bushes. Yeah. But it's probably a little harder for his vehicle maybe to get over them, hopefully. The owner of the local roadhouse, which is like the only business in the area, Adam Stewart, he actually later commented that the footprints were small, but they were four feet apart, like somebody was running for their life. As she was running... Heinz got closer and closer with each dune and finally caught up. He bumped her with the bull bar in the back. She flew across the sand, but determined and desperate, Lena got straight back up and continued to weave and run. Yeah, and he would hit her with his car about four times. And he's not running her down. He's, like, playing with her. He's, like, bumping her just enough to knock her off her feet but not running her over. No, I don't like that. I don't, mm -mm. I'm very disturbed. And you guys, it's at this point that Lena realizes she's getting weaker and weaker and that she would not be able to go on like this for very long. And she's still bleeding from her head wound. 
Side note, have you ever run in the sand? It's really difficult. So she realizes that she has to do something, and instead of running from the car, she turns and runs towards it. She jumps onto the hood of the car and then climbs up onto the roof. Crazy. In her words, she said, I pretty much ran towards the car and jumped on the bonnet and was holding myself on with the antenna of the car. Crazy. She then climbed onto the roof of the vehicle and thought she'd be safer up there because he wouldn't be able to get to her. She said she felt like she was in a movie and she felt like James Bond. (laughs) I mean, you're jumping onto the roof of a car. I can't even imagine. And imagine how Roman, what Roman was thinking when she did this. Mm-hmm. This made him crazy angry and he began shouting. He shouted, get off the fucking roof. And he yelled this like 10 times. But Lena was like also really angry. So he was trying to climb onto the roof, but she knew she could not let this happen. As he waved the hammer at her, she began to kick out, hoping to strike his face. The blood from her head was dripping all over the roof. And this is pretty horrendous looking at the roof of the car, like the photo of the roof. So if you guys go and look at our Instagram right now, you will see the roof of the car. And it will give you a very clear image of just how bad her injuries were. She actually said that that's when she knew she was in serious trouble because it just kept on dripping and it wouldn't stop. She said it was like blood rain. Oh, God. So, Heinz could not shout her down. So, he tried a different tactic. He would knock her off. He began driving across the beach as Lena gripped the roof rack with all her remaining strength. He could not shake her down. So, he began driving across the sand dunes. Yeah, up and down, driving like a madman, trying to get her to fall off. She said it was quite rough, like being on a rodeo. So, like, bull riding is what she's comparing it to, I think. Meanwhile, Beatrice is still hiding in the bushes when she sees another car driving up the beach. Leaving the safety of her hiding place, she desperately tries to flag down the driver and his friends. The car, filled with young local guys who had been out fishing, and from what I can tell, it sounds like they're young. Between 13 and 17. Yeah, like, they are young kids who have been flagged down by a running, screaming, naked person on the beach. Beatrice jumps in the car. The young fishermen, understandably, are freaked out and panicked by her story. And they call Adam Stewart, who is the roadhouse owner. Mm -hmm. And they ask him what they should do. He appears to be like a very trusted figure in this community. Like he kind of Seems to take care of everyone, basically. So they tell him there's a girl on the beach who's been raped. Adam calls the police and prepares to head to the beach himself. Uh Beatrice actually has to convince the boys to go search for Lena because they just want to get her off the beach. Yeah, but they need to go look for fucking Lena. I know. So she said that they wanted to take her back to the entrance where it would be safe. And she was like, no, we have to go find my friend. Yeah, so she begged and pleaded with them, and they finally agreed. Right. Can you imagine these teenage boys must be so terrified? Like, what the fuck? So meanwhile, on the beach, Heinz stops the car, exasperated. He is frustrated. She won't get off the car. He doesn't know what to do. Like, good on you. Like, 
<laughs> Maybe you shouldn't be running people down with your car and hitting yeah, them with hammers. Crazy. So he tells Lena, get off the roof. I'm not driving any further with you on the roof. This is ridiculous. <laughs> what are you? What? is wrong with you? And Lena actually said in an interview that this comment really got on her nerves. Like, why is this ridiculous? Why should I come off the roof? You tried to kill me. Why yeah. should I even trust you? She said, she told him firmly, I will only come off the roof if you throw away your weapons. By the way, he had two hammers and a knife. And he did. Heinz even handed Lena her baseball cap to try to help Stop the bleeding on her head. So Lena having nowhere else to go and confronted by the lack of weapons now got off of the roof and got into the front seat. So now she's in the front seat and they're driving up the beach and they actually pass the boys and Beatrice searching for them. So the boys and Beatrice are searching on the beach for Lena. So they're searching the dunes and the beach area when they see... Heinz and Lena drive by, and Lena's kind of, like, hanging out the front seat Mm -hmm. trying to flag somebody down, and she's still bleeding everywhere. And despite their fear, they all got back into the vehicle and gave chase. And they actually managed to corner Heinz in the sand dunes. With Adam still on the phone with the boys, he hears the kids on the phone start going mental, like, saying, we can see him in the car, we can see him. And the sound of those kids on the phone is what Adam said, that they were the boys were terrified. Yeah, and of course they would be. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. And he kept asking if they could see the girl. Mm-hmm. And they said that, no, they could only see him. Meanwhile, back at the car, Lena had opened the door, and Hans pleaded, Lena, please get back in the car. Please. And Lena said, no, I'm going to the fisherman now. And got out of the car... And Heinz actually looked confused, like he didn't know what to do. And Lena began to run across the sand dune towards the boy's vehicle and the safety that it represented. She turned around a couple of times, but Heinz was not following her. The fishermen were so scared and didn't want to come towards Lena because her injuries were so bad that they couldn't tell if she was a man or a woman. Jesus. So... Surprise, surprise, Heinz flees the scene. And Adam said, from that moment on, it was just a hunt. We were after him. Mm -hmm. We knew the girls were safe, and now we had to go find this guy. And Adam knew this area really well, so he was kind of the perfect person to be out looking, I think, for Heinz, if you ask me. I mean... Yeah, he knows the area. Even better than police, who are hours away, by the way. Oh, jeez. He said that he'd only gone about a K when he saw the vehicle parked on a sand hill. K is short for a kilometer. Hines sees Adam's vehicle and takes off into the dunes, but he gets stuck in the sand dunes. Which in Australia they call getting bogged in the sand. I like it. <laughs> I like it too. So he was just sitting there with his hands on the wheel just staring at us, is what Adam said. Yeah, and all they had to do now was wait for a police to arrive, which is exactly what they did. And Adam also said that if he moved an inch, then he was going to T-bone the car. Yeah, understandable. Mm-hmm. Hit him. As the sun set, the police arrived, and Roman Hines did not fight the police and allowed himself to be handcuffed. Oh, my God. That's an actual footage? That's actual? Uh-huh. 
It's so weird when we do newer cases because there's like actually footage of this person being arrested. There's act like Yeah. I believe he is covered in Lena's blood. His shirt, his white shirt at the top is like all pink and bloody looking. Yeah, and we'll post a picture of that too. So Lena was actually unconscious for the full trip to the hospital. And she would receive 13 staples. Oh my god. To her head wounds. On her head. Oh, 13. Oh, God. Beatrice felt so guilty to see Lena that way. She had invited her on the trip. She had set up the lift. And she actually thought that Lena was going to be really mad at her. Yeah, and like never forgive her. Yeah. So once in the hospital, Beatrice held Lena's hand and Lena opened her eyes and whispered Beatrice in such a sweet voice that Beatrice knew she wasn't mad. She'd forgiven her, like didn't blame her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Lena says that there was no moment when she was angry with Beatrice. She said she was just glad that I could be there like I could to help her out. I could save us. And... Beatrice actually says that when Lena screamed at Roman, that that was the first time she saved her. And then when she untied her, she saved her again. And then she said she felt like she was able to save her back when they went looking for her. Yeah. Yeah. So some more about Roman Hines. Police found a library of sadistic porn on Hines' computer. Not surprising. Don't like it. So he was found guilty of indecent assault in the past against two backpackers in 2014. So this was not his first time assaulting backpackers. Not only that, but Hines had offered 12 other women lifts in the lead up to this attack. Each declined. Yep. But that's 12 other potential victims that could happen. Well, and not only that, but Adam actually said... None of us doubt that this is not the end of the story, and we are all 100% sure there is more to it. And that's because four years before, Heinz had stopped at the roadhouse to stock up on supplies for another fishing and camping trip on the beach. And witnesses saw him with a young, blonde woman they assumed was a backpacker. Two days later, when Heinz left Salt Creek again, he stopped at the roadhouse, and there was no sign of the young woman. Oh, no. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, there is no way there aren't other victims out there. No, this definitely isn't the first time he's done it. 100%. There has to be more victims. And I feel like that's probably why he was so aggravated at Lena for not getting off the roof of his car and doing that. Because he'd probably done this before and it had gone smoother. He was like able to control the situation probably. Right. Well, and this time he had two girls, which was probably his downfall. But... I don't know if he knew that from the ad that Beatrice had placed because she didn't mention that there were two travelers. No. So he might have thought he was getting himself into one traveler mm -hmm. and then found out there were two. And then he was probably like, oh, I can do it. I got it. I'll just hit them both separate times. Yeah. But without knowing who this blonde backpacker was, police told Adam it's going to be really hard to track her down. Yeah. Beatrice said... I just think he is a sick person. I'm happy that he won't harm other people, so I'm happy that's it. I don't want to have any bad feelings because any bad feelings that I have, it's going to affect me and just me, so it's not worth it. 
Damn, what a positive goddamn attitude. So Lena said, I had no idea that this was inside me, that I had so much strength and energy to do all those things. So that's a good point about the whole story that I found out about myself, that I am able to do something like that in a really difficult situation. Yeah, I mean, these are the kind of things where you find out what you're made of. So they both blame the man and not the place. Beatrice said, the way that everyone helped me there, that is what makes Australia special. This could have happened anywhere, but maybe people wouldn't have supported me as much as the Australians did with me. Mm -hmm. All right. So court proceedings. After an 11-day trial, during which both girls gave evidence, Roman Hines was found guilty of six charges, including indecent assault, aggravated kidnapping, and endangering lives. Right. And you guys, he was not convicted of attempted murder because the judge said he let Lena back into his car and gave her a hat. So he obviously didn't want her to die. Some bullshit, if you ask me. I'm sorry, but maybe he just didn't want anybody to see a bloody woman sitting in the passenger seat of his car. Yeah, you're telling me if he wasn't able to take her back to a secluded spot, he wouldn't have killed her? Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have a huge, huge issue with that. (sighs) Anyway. Well, I hate the judicial system everywhere. It all sucks. I know. No country has it figured out. Well, and you're going to hate this judge even more. Right. So he was sentenced to 22 years with a 17-year non-parole period. He showed no emotion as the verdict was read. So 17 years. He'll be out in 17 years. But prepare to hate this judge even yeah, more. Yeah, get ready. I'm not, we're not even going to give his name. I'm because angered. I want to send him hate mail. So. Can I do that? Maybe. So Roman, yeah, although that probably is illegal in some way. and It'll probably get you in trouble. Don't Someone do it. tell me if I can send him hate mail. I hate I don't this. think you can. I don't think you can. He was not convicted of the abuse against his ex-girlfriend. Because the judge said it was not considered rape because they were in a relationship. I'm sorry. Also, she had all of these pictures. of She was, I'll try to find a picture. She was covered in bruises, you guys. I'm sorry, no. The world is a disgusting place. I just want to go photosynthesize in the woods. I know. Be a plant. I don't want to deal with people. I know. On sentencing, South Australian Supreme Court Justice Trish Kelly said Hines had shown no remorse. Wait, is that the, that's the judge? It's a girl judge? I'm just going to become a plant. What? Can I I just, I was literally about to go on a little rant about how I hate men, but I guess. The judge is actually. Fuck me, I'm just. The judge is actually a female. Cool. Okay. So she said that Hines had showed no remorse and there was no reasonable prospects of rehabilitation. In fact, the totality of the evidence convinces me that if undetected, your offending would have continued and quite probably escalated. You've undermined for the whole community the ability to freely enjoy a beautiful wilderness area. The only positive aspect in this time that you terrified those two young women is that both of them were courageous enough and intelligent enough to outwit and outsmart you at every step. 
Okay, I really hope that she gave him the maximum sentence that she could and she did everything with her statement says something different than what he's charged with, but I'm not sure if it's she did everything she could and this is it or if it's something that she... Well, here's the thing. She's the one that made the decision that it was an attempted murder. So if he had been charged with attempted murder of Lena, his sentence could have been higher. I'm assuming this is the max sentence for what he was convicted of. Mm Mm-hmm. But the fact that he couldn't be charged for attempted murder, which I think is horseshit, and the fact that he couldn't be charged for rape against his ex-girlfriend, I think is horseshit. And that bothers me. I don't know. That he hit her with a hammer four times and hit her four times with his car. If that is not attempted murder... It's just playful. Just, he's just playing. We're just it's fine. Playful. He's just playing. Something else, Lena actually asked the court if she could get her bloodstained cap returned from evidence... The front of the cap actually reads, stay strong. So that is the case of the backpacker attacks at Salt Creek. Uh, And a special thank you to Sharna Lambert for helping us with the research on this case. This episode is brought to you by Sharna Lambert. Oh, yes. I forgot we were saying it that way. Also, there's other things out there that you can find. I know that 60 Minutes Australia did a case on this. I tried to watch it. 60 Minutes is very different in Australia um, than it is here. I was that, were you watching that on the TV? Uh huh. It's a very dramatic reenactment while telling the story mm-hmm. of the case. But yeah, so there's other information out there that you can find. That was our case. And let us know what you guys think. Yes, please. It's nice to have another survival story. I know a lot of you messaged us with the Lost in the Jungle, and you were like, we were so happy that somebody survived. We thought you guys deserved a little bit of a happy ending. Still <laughs> still super disturbing. Watch still your wording. terrifying. Watch, watch your wording here. I know, right? But yeah, if you want more, come and listen to our Bunker Talk on this episode. Go become a Patreon. Get a free pin. Yeah. Oh, also... We have the weapons of hierarchy. Yes. Weapon, hi- hierarchy of weaponry. So What was I calling it? In homage to this episode, we decided we should finally post our hierarchy of weaponry, which is what Maddie promised you guys months and months ago. Yeah, I know. I'm a slacker. <laughs> but it has a hammer in there. So it's basically we made a list and ranked our fear of different weapons. Yeah, it's going to be on our Instagram. But- and we're going to post a video of us explaining the hierarchy of weapons oh, in yeah. more depth on our Patreon. I made my I made Hannah like almost like tear up on FaceTime <laughs> while explaining the weapons to her. Yeah, Hannah got involved in this particular one and yes. she has some great ideas on how she would combat some what? of these weapons. <laughs> it's but, so funny. But I, we'll we'll, I we'll post our hierarchy of weaponry on our Instagram. Maybe do something on our story where we can do a poll where you can choose which one freaks you out the most. Yeah. But we're going to do an actual video where we talk about them on our Patreon. So, yes. So, yeah. So, come and check that out. And yeah, we will see you guys next week or talk to you guys next week. Oh, and we have a new Patreon. Okay, we have two new Patreons this week. We have Diana Hoskins. Hi, Diana. Welcome to Patreon. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then we have Matthew. Matthew. has no last name. But hi, Matthew. Thank you. And welcome to Patreon. We're so excited to have you both. We appreciate it. You uh, get a pin. Maybe. 
Maybe you get a pin. Yep, I'm sending your guys' stuff out. Thank you so much for joining our Patreon. We're so excited to have you guys, and we really appreciate you. We literally could not do this well, podcast we do. without you. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. And yeah, that's it, I think. So we'll see you next week. Or we'll see you in a few minutes on Bunker Talk. Yeah, when you go to our Patreon. Yeah. Sign up. <laughs> All right. Doing that. Thanks, guys. Bye. Either way, it's the backpackers attack at Salt Creek. Uh, Danger at Salt Creek. Uh, unfortunate mishaps at Salt Creek. <laughs> An unfortunate series of events at Salt Creek. This is what would happen if Maddie picked out the titles of our episode. The devastating tragedy of Salt Creek. Okay, we'll go with that. Take off one of your rings or take something off that's making noise. Bracelet. Bracelets. Attack at Salt Creek. Attack at Salt Creek. Attacks at Salt Creek. Violence at Salt Creek. Damn it. Violent acts. It? Hammer attack at Salt Creek. <laughs> hammer time at Salt Creek. Hammer That's time. We are not calling it hammer That's time at Salt Creek. That's not funny. Sorry, I got carried away. She got too far, Madison. Too far. Okay. <laughs>